right, we will get to the NASCAR championship race at Phoenix in a moment with Steven Stumpf of FrenchStretch.com. But before we do that, we will touch on some topics that are not as much related to that because there are some business things to discuss. And yes, we can get into this more in NASCAR's ever brief offseason, which, by the way, found it funny that yes, last Friday, the 27th of October, NASCAR emails out that it's 100 days until the clash at the L.A. Coliseum. Excuse me, we're not even done with this season. I get it's 100 days, but if anything, it highlights how short the offseason is and how little time you actually have in that particular sport. Stephen Stump, FrenchStretch.com, with us in the fast lane. Stephen, did you get that email, and did it bring a chuckle to you that we're already looking ahead to the clash in 2024 before we even crowned a 2023 champion? I did not get that email, unfortunately. But, I mean, it also, again, it shows, you know, it's basically, you know, a little bit less than three months, and then and then we're back at it again. So three months seems like a long time, but when you hear, oh, it's 100 days, and it's a you know a couple a week ago or two, it's like wow, this it really is it, it's a, it's a pretty quick turnaround. But yes, that is somewhat humorous because obviously, you know, we got we got truck practice night, and then we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday to crown three champions. So. Uh, Once we get to Monday, then we can count down the days. We can certainly do that. I would prefer to wait until like Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe Thursday, when you start looking ahead to a race weekend and realize there is no race weekend to actually preview. That'll come in the back part of next week. But previewing what's to come in seasons ahead, 2311 President Steve Laletta called for NASCAR teams to stop selling sponsorships on a per-race basis. I agree with this premise that it does lead brands to possibly undervalue certain aspects of the team's marketing platform, but how much irony is there that a president of an organization which has sold many a per-race sponsorship is making this particular call knowing that they're going to do it, but they will still accept the, in the immortal words of our guy Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all, from those per-race sponsorships as opposed to a lesser deal for the entire season. Well, before before we jump into that, I do think he absolutely has a point, and not not just necessarily you know undervaluing marketing as a whole, but I think it's I think it's um, I think it you know it goes to the fan base as a whole, and it's like you know in like trying to create connections, trying to create identity, like you know in the '90s it was Jeff Gordon and the Dupont Rainbow car, and it was Dale Earnhardt and the and the black uh, GM Goodwrench car. It was Rusty Wallace and either the Miller General Draft or the Miller Light. And now we're at a point, just because of the economy and just the way, you know, sponsorship money's dried up, it's, um, you, you know, it's just piecing together sponsor by sponsor. And a lot of times, you know, just from a far away, you can't even, you know, recognize which car is which. Like, if you go to Talladega some odd 20, 25, 30 years ago, even if you couldn't see all the numbers, you could probably, you had, probably, you had a good idea of which car was which, just looking at it. Now with all these changes, all you know, all these different paint schemes, all these different sponsors, it's just harder to get that identity. And I absolutely do think that at least, you know, having, you know, going back to or just trying to attempt a way to get back to the single sponsor or, you know, half and half would be best. I just don't know how to do it. And uh, and and that, that that's my take. And obviously, you know, 2311 has uh, plenty of sponsors on their own, but I mean, who knows? Maybe they would, if, if this were to happen, maybe they'd find another unique way to do all that. So who knows? But I, I definitely would be in, in support of that idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I get the theory behind it, but it's a lot harder, especially with smaller organizations that just need to cobble whatever they can together yeah. to maximize their ROI. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there. It's, it's like in a perfect world, we can do this, but, you know, at the end of the day, racing is a business. You need, and along with the results, you need just you need sponsors. You need you need that cash to you know keep keep running, and you know you're going to take it any way you can get it. So it, it's kind of having that model where you can go back to you know more more familiarity, more you know recognition. It's it would be a goal to get back, but I just do not know how feasible it would be. Well, and if anybody's going to set the standard for that, it's the organizations like Hendrick and Gibbs that can make that uh, a priority, or Pinsky for that matter, because they've got the coffers to say, you know, we're only going to take full season sponsorships, here's the rates, and try to reset the the market on that when it comes to handling that. Speaking of those organizations, by the way, Stephen, it's mighty convenient because they happen to make up the championship four. Two from Hendrick, Kyle Larson and the Liberty Car, or excuse me, William Byron and Liberty Car and his teammate Kyle Larson. Then Christopher Bell and Ryan Blaney as well. First of all, can you think of a more, it's not the biggest branding, but can you think of a more deserving and well-earned Final Four that features one of the best cars in the regular season in William Byron, and then three others that all won their way in in must-win situations. I mean, yeah, I definitely think, you know, in terms of which drivers make it back, I do think this is one of the better final fours. You know, top four, top six, somewhere around there. That's what I think they are. And and obviously, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty fun battle because you just don't really know. Obviously, um, it was Hendrick that dominated most of Phoenix in March. Larson led the most laps. Byron won. Blaney has never won at Phoenix, but he, he's been great there. He, he's finished second twice in a row. And then Toyota hasn't been completely up to par as the other two manufacturers of Phoenix. But, you know, looking at results, Bell has, you know, steadily improved every single year. So, you know, this, I think this is really not going to be a race you know until you get a better idea of practice and qualifying. And even then, you know, not going to be over until lap 312. So I definitely – I think it's going to be a fun one, and it's def- and also having you know among the best drivers of the season there is an added bonus. Out of that grouping right now, would any of them surprise you if they won the championship? Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, or William Byron? I I probably would be most surprised with Bell, just because while he did say when I asked him about I, I asked kind of asked him about Toyota struggles, he said that they, yes they are they haven't they have you know gotten better year by year, but um, Byron, Larson, they have the wins in Phoenix. They they dominated in the March. Blaney has basically done everything but win at Phoenix. He might have won, you know, this race a year ago if he didn't have to, uh, you know, help defend for Logano against Ross Chastain. Um, Bell, Bell's great at, at Phoenix and, you know, the Trucks and Xfinity Series, but he just hasn't been up to par as much as the other three. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a long shot that he'd win, but he'd probably definitely be my biggest surprise of the four. So Christopher Bell is your biggest surprise out of the four. Do you have a favorite out of that group? Um, if I'd go with a favorite, I'd I'd probably go with uh, I'd probably go with the guy that's done that's done it before. Kyle Larson. He's won at, he's won at Phoenix. He uh, he obviously won in, in twenty twenty one, getting the championship there too. Um, he led over 200 laps in March. Kind of faded at the end, though. But I think, I think that I think overall Larson has been the fastest 
driver and the fast they've been the fastest team this year. They've just been very hit or miss, you know, in terms of uh, you know making it to the finish. Like if Larson does win the title, he'd have eight DNFs, which I believe would be the modern era record. But you know that's also the way the system goes. Um, you can um, as long as you have that speed and you can make it through the rounds. It doesn't matter how many races you got finish well didn't finish well all that matters is being hot for and hot and ready to win that final race steven's underscore stump steven stump of frontstretch.com that's his twitter and instagram handles and he's with us here in the fast lane steven last one for you you've got william byer got kyle larson as the favorite so i will pose this question for you as my personal consultant today with a total egotistical moment Kyle Larson, I've got him at 8-1 to one to win the NASCAR championship. I just jumped on and I'm like, I'll never see this again. And if he wins it this time, I think we may never actually see that number again. Do you advise me thinking that someone else wins? Or at this point, is it reasonable, at least before practice and qualifying, to say, you know what, ride it out with Kyle Larson because he's got the pedigree. And oh, by the way, when the chips are down, we've seen his pit crew come up big like they did a couple of years ago when he won the title. Um, well, I guess... Uh Fighting chance, do you know what the other ones are favored at? The other ones right after that would be well, Christopher Bell is the latest, the deepest one, and then it's kind of even money depending on where you look between uh, Blaney and Byron. And and and, yeah, and, and, and oh, and I'll interject wait. one more. I've thought of taking Blaney and Byron to both finish in the top three, even though the odds aren't great. They seem enticing enough because usually everyone else gets out of the way, and you've got a pretty good chance of maybe one or both of those guys getting into the top three, and so if they win, obviously finish in the top three, and if they finish second or third and Larson wins, maybe I get to double dip. Yeah, I think those I think they're all, those are all good plans. Obviously, I, as I said, I think Larson's going to be the fastest car. I think he's going to be the favorite going into this. He also has, you know, having been there and done that already, you know, he has that on his side. And also, I do like, you know, picking Blaney and Byron to finish top three as well because something interesting – when I spoke to Byron at uh, the media the media day in uh, at Phoenix, he said that because last year was the first year of the next gen car, it was kind of Logano that dominated, and then the other three just weren't really up the snuff up the par as the twenty two car was. But he thinks that with year two of the next gen car, he thinks the championship four are going to be a lot closer together, kind of you know, if not finishing one, two, three, four, very close to that, as has been the case several times in the past. So I do think, you know, choosing three, um, the championship four to be, uh, you know, all finish, all finish top three. I do think that's a very good bet to go for. That's very fascinating. Obviously, not all four of them can finish top three, but there's a good chance that a grouping of them will join uh, whoever is in the top three. Maybe it's not Larson. Maybe it's the other three. It is all a possibility, just like the insight is not possibly good, but it's definitely good. At frontstretch.com and at Stephen underscore stump. Stephen, looking forward to your four questions con. con- four questions column tomorrow as well as your coverage in the fast lane thank you for your time and uh we'll be chatting again soon and trey are you going to be joining uh steven at any point on a podcast i don't know i don't know huh well he might be on happy hour that would be it oh he is that is that the one that drops no happy hour already came out bring the heat he might be on yeah he might be on they're doing a nightly podcast every night in phoenix so those will be out he might be on that well i'm sure you will because you're down there someone has to edit it and you're looking at the guy who does i am trey by the way steven before we say goodbye we wish you best of luck since you're in the presence of brian nolan and michael massey god bless you indeed and tom (laughs) and tom both tom is mature enough i'm not worried about him it's the other two 
Yeah. Well, thank you, and obviously let's let's finish. Let's have a great end of the season. It's been a fun one. It has, and we look forward to more of these. Stephen Stump, FrenchStretch.com. Okay, so here's the deal. We're going a little bit over today in the fast lane. We'll go ahead and warn you because Ahmad Hawkins, friend of the show, is going to take a little potential bragging rights moment in the fast lane and talk some UVA football here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.